everyone, Francis here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that as part of Max's story, Alyssa and I will be touching on topics such as PTSD, depression, grief and suicide in our discussion. Please take care of yourselves if you want to skip this one or listen at another time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the episode and thank you as usual for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hello everyone, welcome to the second episode of House of Vecna. My name is Alyssa and I am one half of this Australian podcast duo. <laughs> uh, and joined with me as always on the other side of the Zoom call is my friend Frances. Hello. Yes. Sorry, continue. <laughs> it's okay, I was okay. going to say hello. <laughs> oh, fair, yeah. Um, glad you that you said hello. Uh, yes, so we are here. Um, you might have just come straight off the back of our one to three podcast review that we have just done of um, the first three episodes of Stranger Things, season four, volume one. And we, or you might have just decided to listen to episode four's um, podcast because it is a very important episode, very special episode. So we wanted to dedicate one episode to just this one episode so to speak um and i think um we're gonna basically break up this podcast into um different sections so we'll talk about each location that each group is in we're gonna finish um with the hawkins gang and then obviously with max because max's story is the most important story in this episode um but i think as a whole how did you feel about this episode francis Oh, I loved this episode. I think this is my favorite episode Stranger Things has ever done. Um, and that, and I, and I thought at first that might be recency bias. Like I thought, you know, oh, I've just seen it and it really moved me. So you know, but the I've sat with it now for a couple of weeks, and I think I've rewatched that final scene like six times. I have cried every single time, and when something makes me cry all the time, um you know rain hail or shine uh generally i know that it, it it's a very it packs a mean punch so i just find this episode fantastic from beginning to end and um even just like uh every part of it um in different stories different conversations uh you know even outside of the max stuff i think is really effective so yeah i love it what about you Yes, I am about the same. Um, I definitely think this was the standout episode uh, probably of this series. There's, I feel like I loved season one. I love season two a little bit less and I love season three a little bit less than that. But see, this episode was like, yeah, the one that made me, you know, think like strange things is this is better than yes. how much I loved season one. Um, yeah. I just thought it was one of those masterpiece episodes where it's like you know how sometimes you just see those scenes on tv like in heaps of different shows and they're the the, like, the scenes you just never forget like yeah. you know i'm thinking of um no spoilers here but the reveal of the bent neck bent neck lady in hill house or yeah. the body on buffy like just some of those really impactful scenes that just mm -hmm. don't ever leave you and certainly the whole episode was good but obviously the last 15 minutes is just yeah, just really, really good television. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. That, that sweet spot of cinema where the 
the balance of the action, the story, and the character just all come together perfectly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very impressive. And um, shout out to Sean Levy um, for directing. Because uh, it was just wonderfully directed as yeah. well. Um, I Yeah, I, I'm very impressed by it. And, you know, I also think whenever you get to this part of uh, your show where you're reaching kind of the back half... It's easy to, um, you know, I think we kind of said this in the same pod, uh, sorry, the last pod, um, to kind of pull away a little bit and like be a little bit lazier um, with your storytelling because you've already got your audience. It really felt like they were, they were trying to do at the best that they could um, mm. by the story and by yeah. Max. And Max is not one of the original, you know, no. characters. So to really give her that, um, moment and for Sadie Sink to really have that, um, I think was just great. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, I'm excited to talk about it. Yes. Very excited to talk about it. Me too. Me too. Um, yes. Yeah, so we'll we'll break it down into different sections because it's obviously just packs a punch this episode. And so obviously the first one we'll talk about is California. So the gang are in California, obviously. California. And yeah, do, 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 here we come. Do you remember? Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Do you okay. remember? Do you remember when um, Misha Barton's character died on the OC? And uh, you yes. came to school the next day and you were like a wreck. Yes. <laughs> and you were like, I didn't, I never used to watch her. And you were like, oh my God, did you see? Yeah. And Ryan was holding her. <laughs> oh my gosh. And there was this, it was like this crazy, like I was like 17 or something when it came out. So I was like in the peak of my like, you know, emotional, like, you know, stage or whatever of my life. Uh, but it was like, I just remember this scene where it's like the the really dark, wet, rainy night and the, the car goes off the, hopefully I'm not giving spoilers, but this, <laughs> this scene is like Look, it's been out for like 20 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> not that long. But um. Yeah, like the car goes off and it's raining and it's wet and it's dark and then it explodes into flames and then Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah starts playing and Brian like lifts her out of the car and she's dead and it's oh, even now I'm still affected. Uh, but yes, yeah. Uh, anyway, where were we going with that? Oh yeah, we're talking about California. Yes, yes, yeah. So um, the the well, firstly the episode opens um, with Max. Um, you know, having a moment with her friends, and realizes that she sees the clock. This, she's seen the clock, and she realizes what's happening. But yes, we are starting in California in the buyer's house. So obviously, Joyce and Murray have already left, and Mike, Will, and Jonathan are not happy. They mm-hmm. want to know where Elle is. Obviously, it's a top secret government sit show happening here, and so they have no answers whatsoever. All they know is that Elle has been picked up by Doctor Owens and taken back to Hawkins' lab, and that Eleven trusted them, so they need to. Two. Mm-hmm. And then Mike opens this letter from Elle, and it's a very sweet little letter. It just says, I have gone to become a superhero again. And then slightly fairly and slightly pettily, she's written from Elle, <laughs> which I thought sweet was really um, pumpkin. Sweet little pumpkin uh, pie. Yes. yes. Mike and Will finally have a conversation. Yes. And they talk about how his fight with Elle felt more adult and real. Yes. And um, it's almost like he's turning to Will to, like, kind of express how he's feeling about that. Yeah. And Will is very supportive and lovely, of course, and uh, reminds him that Mike, that, you know, uh, when Mike is worried about Elle and all of that, that Owen wasn't the one who saved Will, that it was 
he says it was you guys that saved me that was you guys yeah and it's a really sweet scene because um you know it's almost like it's the first time they're really connecting in a long time yeah um and a good reminder as well that like you know, as much as they've got so much military going on at the moment, we know at the end of the day it's always the Hawkins gang, mm. the the kids that sort this shit out, you know. Yep. And um, I think it was just – it was a good boost of confidence to Mike to have his best friend sit there and say that, and it was mm. just a sweet moment, you know. Yeah. And you can tell, like, definitely the way Noah acts this in response is that Will is really listening to Mike and really, like, you can almost see him searching for meaning that probably Mm. isn't there Mm -hmm. in the way that maybe a friend who does have feelings for his friend might do. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know how you sometimes, like, you know, Mike might say something and Will kind of take something else from it. But, yeah, that was a really nice scene. It was nice to see them finally, like, kind of connect again because that was obviously what was missing in the last three episodes, them having their connection of being best friends and i'm glad to see you know mike kind of grow up a little bit and apologize um yeah and will looked so touched when mike apologizes for how he was you know because he yeah as the conversation goes on he apologizes and he's just like you know will's like i i was treating Elle badly or whatever and he's like no no you weren't and it was it was just good for mike to own up and be like actually you did nothing wrong and he says to will that he's his best friend and will's eyes he was just so like touched and i'm just like oh will yes yes you like i just love him he's just he's got these like little eyes that just like he's so he's always so like i don't know just like he always looks like he's on the brink of tears and I'm just i know like, well i love him we need it uh, we need a, a good storyline for will after everything he has been through oh legit um yeah but that was i agree that was really nice um and then obviously yeah so they, they come to the conclusion like you know mike says i guess it's up to us mm-hmm. which um, makes them realize that well jonathan comes in makes them realize that they um need to go to hawkins mm-hmm. they need to go to l they need to um you know go and pick her up <laughs> <laughs> they call surfer boy pizza they do, <laughs> yeah, because they've the obviously got the agents now who are looking after them mm-hmm. and who are basically, like, you know, looking, watching TV, like, just looking bored and everyone's, and all the, the kids are just like, what are they actually doing here? Mm-hmm. But it turns out those agents are actually, um, well, except for the one that gets shot, but the agents are actually pretty <laughs> get, damn good at their jobs. Um, yes, so then they get the idea that they're going to have to hitch a ride from somewhere. They're technically on some kind of house arrest, so Jonathan's like... I'm in call, my buddy. And Argyle picks up on the other end. And this is the quote in full. Uh, Surfer Boy Pizza, this is Argyle speaking. We make everything fresh here at Surfer Boy, except for our pineapple, which comes from a can. But I still recommend slapping some juicy pineapple on. Oh, fruit on your pizza is gnarly, you say? Well, I say try before you deny. (laughs) And I would like to say to Argyle, I have tried it and I deny it. (laughs) I too deny it. I hate pineapple on pizza. I don't get why people like it. I hate it. I just just don't like the texture. It's not even the taste. It's the texture for me. It's It's the texture and the sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, It just, it's not, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's a a strange, strange choice. It is very strange. Um, yes. So, and then, so obviously they order some pizza and Argyle is like, 
time to deliver it to these guys. And so as Argyle is on the way, that is when um, we hear a bang on the door and um, Will, Jonathan and Michael are like, oh, he's here already. No, no, no. It's not Argyle. It is some government people in suits. I don't really know who they are. <laughs> Neither <laughs> they, do I. They arrive in like big black cars. And I, yeah, I was kind of confused by this because like the agent, the, the good government agent on mm-hmm. Sam Owen's side explained that there's like they're part of the government but there's one part of the government that's against l yeah so there must so there's obviously the hawkins so one is a, like top yeah. secret type thing yeah and then and we do we have kind of seen um do you remember his names like the, the lieutenant oh um, i cannot uh, there are too many names i just want to say something real quick i yeah. have an awful memory um yeah. so i can hear a name like 10 times i'll never forget it um let's just call him uh the uh let's uh, call him gary okay so, <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah we've seen gary rock up in a helicopter to gary. sam owen's house <laughs> and be like you know super threatening and stuff and mm-hmm. um yeah he has some ulterior motive there and so anyway i presume they are gary's cronies who rock up at the california buyer's house Mm-hmm. And anyway, then is like an epic scene, which um, oh, it's great, it's one shot. Oh yeah, brilliant! And you can tell they picked the house for that reason, which is really cool because um, mm-hmm. there's so many like little grooves and little hiding spots, and yeah, um, it's yeah, like a real well choreographed dance, which is really cool to see. Um, yeah, but yeah, obviously these these uh, government black suited guys come bursting in and they shoot. Um, the first guy dead, unfortunately, and then um, all the kids are like going mad and like freaking out and yes, and that, and was, that was cool. It, it was it was great and like you know when when things start to go awry and he gets yeah. shot, that's when uh, Argyle shows up and uh, uh, opens the door and they run in. And, and he's like, why? Major. He's like, why did um, why did Byers not invite me to a party? <laughs> when he sees the cars it. there, and it's then so like, they, they all jump in. He's like, oh my god, is that real blood? <laughs> Drive! And, and he's like, ah! <laughs> and you see nah. his, um, it's a, it's out. an, it's an excellent scene, and it's like you know, yeah, it's got really the, it's, it's got that right mix of like you know, humor in times of tension, and it was, it was really effective, and um. I it was just another thing in that episode where I was like really top quality, um, so it was great. But yeah, that's pretty much all from the California side of things. Um, so not not too much happened with them. I mean, it, it did, but like not not uh, we kind of leave them there. Yes. So, and then obviously the next thing to talk about is um, we'll obviously go to we'll go to Alaska. So this is Joyce and Murray, and they have finally arrived in Alaska, and they have gone to Fish and Fry. Can I just ask something? Did you laugh when they were getting off the plane? And she's like, welcome to Alaska! And it's like a blizzard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, Murray's like, it's spring! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought that was really funny. Um, I I really like that. And... um, yeah, they have. Oh, they have this little scene where Joyce is trying to call the kids, and she's like, "It's busy, it's busy. Like, why is it busy?" Let let me let me get the quote because I I wrote. Yeah, this get the joke. quote. Joyce, there are certain things that one can be late to in life, a dentist appointment, 
a one-year-old's birthday party because who cares? That little idiot's not going to remember it. <laughs> yeah, so true, so true. I mean, but yeah, then he said, yeah, you have to be on time when it comes Jeez. to ransom money. So yeah, uh, when it comes to yes. ransom money. So yes, Joyce and Murray. <laughs> Sorry, we're giggling because I have stopped this sentence up like three times and I don't know why. But yeah, so Joyce and Murray rock up to Fish and Fry and... Is it Fish and Fry or Fish and Fly? It's Fish and, fish and Fry. Fish and Fry. Fish. <laughs> oh, <yeah>, sorry. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yes, anyway, so they rock up to this place and there's a giant plane out the front. So we are meant to work out that it's Yuri's place. Yes. And then this guy hops out, and we deduce quite quickly that it's Yuri. He is um, comedic little man. Oh. He, he's a typical Russian man. He says, um, as he hops out, and Joyce is trying to deduce if this actually is Yuri, he turns around and he said, you see damage to this hole. Oh, is that a Russian accent? I don't know. <laughs> Yuri was on sightseeing trip to see polar bear. <laughs> And then bears got into plane and pull him out of cockpit and kill Yuri. Anyway, <laughs> that was Aww. my terrible Russian accent. But yes, so, uh, but then he's he's just being a trickster, and he eventually admits that he is Yuri. And um, there's a little jokey joke with Yuri and Murray. I have to say, I similar. was not a fan of the wheeze laugh. I just couldn't. I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I can handle it. Once every time he laughed, it was like. A wheeze, and I'm like, mate, please. Yeah. I, I just can't. I didn't mind Yuri as a character. Like, I think out of all of the new characters, he was my least favorite. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I feel like he, I feel like he reminds me of like European uncles that I've had in my life mm-hmm. that are like really over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's probably like legit. But at the same time, I think that there was, I don't know if he was too much for me or if he was just like, he was supposed to be too much. You know? I think he was supposed to be like a colourful character. That was annoying. A big personality. Yeah. And he, yeah. obviously he ended up just betraying them. Mm-hmm. And aside from some comedy in the later episodes, he's really not in it too much more. Oh, uh, is, is it Fish and Fly or is it Fish and Fry? Well, I thought fish and fly makes sense. Yeah, because I've got I've I wrote down here fish and fly. Why did I think it was fish and fry? Maybe it's because it's dinner time. Anyway, sorry everyone. If it's fish and fly, <laughs> it could be. I don't actually know. <laughs> whatever, we're going with whatever, it. it's whatever, fish and fly, whatever. Fish and fry. You know what we're talking about. So this guy, like, you can tell you can't really, you know, the, the obviously is the assumption that you can't really trust this guy. Yes. And then yes, he ends up double crossing them and betraying them betraying everyone actually yes he counts their forty thousand dollars and then he drugs them yep um i was i thought that murray was the kind of paranoid human being that wouldn't drink yeah a liquid from a random person but you know that's okay for the sake of the story i can roll with it Mm -hmm. um and yeah so they end up passed out and yuri is a jerk he yes. like has organized to sell out enzo the prison guard mm-hmm. um and enzo is in a lot of trouble i don't know what happens to enzo i can't remember we'll find out in five and six i'm sure yes yes now we are we, we move from alaska to russia wow we're really seeing all sides <laughs> of the globe this episode <laughs> um 
And yes, obviously Hop is... He escapes in this episode. Uh, and he eats peanut butter with really yeah. dirty hands. Okay, oh. look, I, once again, I have to say something, all right? I get that this is TV, okay? I just... There is something to me about, like, you know... No, he's desperate. I get it. You wouldn't need. A, you wouldn't be thinking about washing your hands. But I, like at the same time, I'm like, your hands are grotty. Um, that's just a, a side note that I had. I always notice this shit. I can't help it. It's like ingrained <laughs> in me. But anyway, he yeah. is eating peanut butter and he's very happy about it. So I yes. guess we'll focus on that instead. <laughs> yes, and it's meant to be um, a heartwarming moment. But yes, I too notice the uh, grottiness. And also the <laughs> fact that how has how does he still have feet? No I don't one can know. tell me why. Yeah. How? <laughs> he how? Should, he should have lost his feet by this. Please. He certainly has gangrene or something. Someone tell Alyssa, someone tell me. How does Hopper still have feet? If you have any uh, idea, please email us at uh, housebeckner at gmail.com because yes. we don't we don't get it. Uh, yeah, yes. I would. I thought his feet would just be frozen solid and just fall off. Um, yeah. But I assume that did not happen. Look, there is a lot of suspension of disbelief here. It's just a lot of like we have to just go with it um, yeah. in this plot. I'm okay with doing that. I'm okay mm-hmm. with it, right? Because Stranger Things finds a way to make it entertaining. So I'll just be like, yeah. cool. Um, and, you know, it was believable that he escaped and then got caught. Like, it wasn't just the, the perfectly happy thing where nothing yeah. goes wrong. Like, he got caught and he's going to get fucked up. Yeah, and, and on top of that, it is, like, this is... It's not Stranger Things is grounded in its own way, but it's not only grounded. It's also very like there's alien, you know, upside down, weird shit happening. You know, smoke. If if Joyce and you know Murray were to cark it from Yuri being poisoned, how boring would it be if Hopper just died in in Russia? You mm-hmm. know, it yeah. wouldn't make sense for for the for the narrative. So. Yeah, it's. I, I'm willing to go with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, on the first watch, it was really interesting. And even when I watched it again, um, when I watched this episode again, I thought it was like, it was all right. It's just a lot of eyebrow raising, I think. Yeah. Like, you know, how he, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know how the character, like, he just happens to see that there's, like, the fireworks in the hut and manages mm. to light them in enough time before someone bursts into this tiny wooden hut, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it explodes. It's just very much of those convenient choices that, mm-hmm. you know, just allow him to escape. But you know what? That's that's how it is, and that's fine. Hopper is now in the church. Uh, well, eventually he gets captured when he realizes that he has been betrayed. And that is the end of Hobber's little arc, I think. So that was... So I feel like, like, Russia, Joyce and Murray and Hop have been getting a bit of a quick squiz here. But that's because we want to get onto the more, yeah. <laughs> more interesting parts. So we'll jump into about Nancy and Robin now. I'm just going to jump back to the beginning and we'll talk about right at the beginning. Um, because Max comes out of her trance and she's kind of saying, you know, she makes this comment. Chrissy's headache started a week ago. Frank started six days ago. I've been having them for five days. And looks like I'm going to die tomorrow. 
And I love the episode starts that way because immediately it puts a ticking clock on the episode and it gives it so many stakes from the beginning. And Mm. it's just the best way to start it off because immediately you're like, oh shit, like shit's going down this episode. Um, And we are, we are under the pump. Things need to happen. Things need to work out. Um, So also in that time, Luca shows back up and um, yeah. And then we jump over to Mike's basement. So yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really good scene. Um, the one you're talking about at the very start when mm. Max realizes that she is next in line to uh, be acoustic by Vecna, <laughs> to put it that way. Um, and also in this scene, the trend continues of Steve grabbing random things to defend yes. the group. He picks yes. up a lamp yes. and when he hears a noise. Yes. And it ended up being Lucas, but he was definitely uh, not going to not going to save anyone with a lampshade, but no. you know, that's okay. <laughs> it's all he had. But it yeah, even just him going, Stay here, but they all end up behind him anyway. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, no biggie. Um Yeah, and uh so yeah, when they when they do go back into uh, Mike's basement to kind of figure everything out, uh, you know, um, uh, Max is writing letters and that yeah. uh, but before we find out like you know what those letters are all about Robin and Nancy show up after their little you know yes. Victor Creel uh, investigation and they decide they're going to be Ruth and Rose who are rock star students at the University of Notre Dame and they're going to go to Penhurst Asylum wanting to interview Victor Creel for their thesis and they need to speak to Dr. Hatch at Penhurst Yes. Uh, so they've like concocted this whole plan. They have a, uh, a they folder. have doctored, yes, yeah, doctored they, CVs. Yes, uh, they have very high GPAs and pretty much got everything under control. And Steve's obviously like, "Oh, where's mine?" And they're like, "You're not coming. No, you're not coming." <laughs> yes, yeah, definitely. And this is obviously this sets off a really fun um, little duo. With Nancy and Robin, um, mm-hmm. the first thing is that they head up to Nancy's room, all of them, and Nancy wants to dress Robin into a scholarly outfit. Yes. Which Robin's just like, are you joking me? <laughs> <laughs> um, before that, we do see Steve and Nancy chatting, and Steve is complaining about being the babysitter. Yes. And we do see um, Robin fiddling through all of Nancy's stuff, which may or may not come into Vol 2. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, and yeah, I found it interesting that she went, you've got a Tom Cruise poster and she said it twice. And I'm like, I reckon that's going to come into play at some point. Like, yeah, I was trying to like, I was trying to figure out what that meant. Cause I I think, yeah, like Top Gun was out then. Right. I was wondering if it was something to do with that, but well, I'm also just, for me, it's like whatever, whatever she meant by it. Like the the thing that got to me is that she repeated something twice and it's Mm. enough and they really focused on it that I'm thinking, I mean, from what we know of the whole season, I'm not going to talk about it now. There must be something that helps mm. them understand at what point they're in based on that poster on the wall or something. But Maybe. anyway, anyway, yep. we'll just keep that in mind. We'll put a little pin in that one. Yes. But um, yeah, Steve is like, you know, talk about baby, being the babysitter. He's like, why does it always have to be me? Yeah. You know? I'm like, Steve, <laughs> you know why. You are the mum of the group. Yes. Um. But yeah, so Nancy uh, gives her an outfit, gives Robin an outfit, and she is itchy all over. Um, she is, yes. 
Yes. I also wrote that and in my notes that Robin is itchy all over. Yes, it's very important to note. <laughs> and, and she's being and she's, strangled. She's feeling strangled and yes. um yes. The bra is too tight. It's pinching at her boobs. I just loved when she got out of the car and she's walking next to Nancy. And Nancy's all like type A walking, like, you know, with like, yeah, like her shoulders proper. back, like all proper. Yeah. And Robin just looks like so out of place. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck am I doing? She's like waddling yeah. like a duck. Um, yes. And... So they, and then so they go into Penhurst on a mission. And the mission is to get to Victor Creel one way or another. And they do. They do get to Victor Creel. How do they do it, Francis? Because Robin saves the day. And the way that I cackled when she started going, 1978, I was at summer camp. (laughs) Oh my God, she's going to do it. She's going to say sorry. It's not going to be real, but we're going to love it. (laughs) And do it about Petey McHugh and how Petey McHugh would be able to get through without any hesitation. Just because he was uh, a man. Just because he was a man. Uh, and it was just, it was great. That whole speech was excellent. Um, I would quote yeah. the whole thing, but it would take too long. But we are very, very happy that uh, Robin did that because she won. She won the award for being the best. <laughs> yes, and she did manage to um, to convince the director. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten minutes with Victor Creel. Victor Creel. Well done, Robin. Let's just give her a round of applause for being Well Robin done, Robin. Again. She gets a round of applause every episode just for being. Yes, um, yes. Just being herself. Yes. Uh, and I like I like that little speech because, like, you could tell Nancy and Robin both didn't know where it was going. And it was mm. both, like, it was true the way that Robin started it. She's like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm in an outfit that I just put on because I wanted you to take me seriously. Yeah. She it used into, it. She's yeah, great. It you know, it was, it's, it was a very Robin moment where it was yeah. like, I'm going to use this thing because I'm awkward and I, I'm, I'm strange and I just do these weird, this weird shit. But she used it to her advantage and then used her, her smarts to, yes. you know, you think about like season three, she's the one who cracked the Russians code. You know, she's very mm. intelligent and, you know, yes, she talks a lot, and yes, she's like, you know, I'm awkward. She's and not I'm... coordinated. Yeah, <laughs> but bloody hell, is that woman intelligent? Fucking bloody oath. Yes, Robin, you yes. you get a gold medal just for being alive. Uh, you're yes. fantastic. Last last pod, she got a gold star, and now she gets a gold medal. Yes, and in the what next one, she'll get, get a trophy. trophy. <laughs> <laughs> she got a trophy, and then like, I'll give her a golden mention. Uh, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so um. They uh, actually, when they when they do uh, when they do convince um, the director, they walk through uh, the the grounds of mm-hmm. the asylum and they find out at Penhurst that music or the right song in particular, yeah, um, that holds some personal meaning can help uh, people with their um, neurological disorders and mm-hmm. uh, the, their stresses and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so you could tell that was an important. Obviously, it was an important thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've mentioned that. They mentioned that twice. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they have a bit of a slip up when they're walking down into the. Um, yeah. But but when they when they do when they get into the dungeons, they walk in. They they see Victor. Um, they see that he's gorged his eyes out. And uh, yes. And can yeah. we just appreciate that that scene was almost scene by scene was almost silence of the lambs Mm. that was really really cool um even the um as they're passing all of the cells you can see how um each of the patients in the cells they're acting similar ways like they did in silence of the lambs and it's really cool yeah no it's great and look yeah and then we have a flashback um 
where yeah, Victor, Victor Krill, yes. yeah, where he yeah, explains. Oh, can I just say that scene where like they where they first um they first have the camera on Victor Krill mm-hmm. and he's like scratching his nails on that table. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was almost as gruesome to me as the deaths. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I it was just like, chills. sick. Yes. Gonna yeah, hate that's that. That's worse than the nails. Eh. Yes. And yeah, so yeah, they, they say, Victor, like, we believe you. We're not here as journalists or whatever. We're here because we, you know, our friend's in danger. Mm. And then Victor tells the story um, of when they moved into this beautiful old house. Mm-hmm. Him, his wife, and his two children. And they had one month of bliss in the house. Um, And I really liked this little um, story that Victor told. It it was really, um, really interesting to see, like, almost how the house, how he described it, the house is almost, like, alive, even though it's not, obviously. But the way that... um, yeah, his story kind of weaves in as the you know the children are exploring the house and um, yes, and then obviously terrible things start happening to the family because there's a demon that lives in the house. Yes, messing with them. Got uh, "Dream a Little Dream of Me" um, by Ella Fitzgerald playing. You know, it, it's another indication about what music does to bring you out of that that place. Yeah. And just on a side note. When it comes to music, I did some research into this because I had heard about music therapy before, but um, I was just, I did a bit more look into it and like, it's a, it's fictionalized, but it's a very real thing with like hospitals that have worked with musicians to like support um, people who returned from like World War One and Two that had PTSD symptoms and helping them manage PTSD and um even now, like music therapy is uh, regularly used to help people with like Alzheimer's, depression, Parkinson's, and um, other neurological conditions. Music therapy has been shown to slow the progression of Parkinson's disease. So it's a really, it's a really wonderful uh, use of of a real world thing, fictionalizing it, but also like giving it, like it, it makes sense to people. I think because I think yep. people understand the power of music. Yeah. So. To kind of have that be the out is uh, is really cool. And it's just something that I really appreciate that they did. So, yeah, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I, yeah, we'll talk about it in terms of Max. Um, yeah. But, yeah, obviously that is, yeah, very important information that we need to learn in that moment. Mm. Um, so is it time to move on to Max's story now then? Yeah, we'll jump into Max's story because yeah. uh, the last part of that is uh, it kind of converges with it anyway. Yeah. Um, so we'll go back to Max giving out the letters. Mm-hmm. Do you want to jump on that, Max giving out the letters? Yeah, I mean, so obviously they're in Mike's basement and Max is kind of by herself. She's writing letters. The gang are, like, keeping an eye on her and they're kind of concerned and they're kind of, like, talking about her but also obviously wanting to give her space because they know what they they know she's processing something she's going through something and then yeah so she finishes her letters the last one she finishes finishes is obviously just titled billy Hmm. um and yeah she walks over to the gang who are um actually having a funny little conversation before this where dustin is, is talking about how 
um, oh, Steve is confused about the Victor Krill story and he's yeah. trying to he's trying to make sense of it. He's like, ah, it doesn't make sense. Like, how can, you know, how can this guy have killed these people like in the 50s? And um, Dustin is like trying to um, argue back and being like, like well, it's really straightforward. Uh, yeah. 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 It's like really straightforward. And L opened, only opened the portal. She didn't create it. She didn't create the upside down. And then um, I wouldn't be surprised if it predates the dinosaurs. And Steve's like, dinosaurs? <laughs> that was really – and then, honestly, there's this great line, which is where he's like, honestly, Henderson, humility would do – honestly, Henderson, a little humility every now and then wouldn't hurt you. Um, and then he sits down, crosses his legs yeah. over. <laughs> it looks like such a mum. I know. I was doing that too. I'm like, you are such a mum, Steve Harrington. But yeah, no, it's, so really it's a great scene. It's yeah. a great scene and great moment. And it is yeah. very, like, you know, a, a perfect representation of their friendship and the way that they work. It's so much back and forth. Like, you know, it's like we said yeah. in the last episode, like, in the car, when he's, like, he goes too far and uh, Dustin calls him out and then he calls Dustin out. You know what I mean? It's like a constant calling out of each other and their their, their bullshit, which is... Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like, it's a great relationship. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so Max comes over... Um, and uh, uh, gives them uh, letters and they're, like, you know, ready to open them. And she's like, no, 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 you know, it's a failsafe. And I really appreciated, like, there's this part where they're, like, trying to reassure her and she's just like, um, uh, like, don't tell me it's going to work out. I don't need you to yeah. tell me it's going to work out because it's, it's, it's never true. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was a really important line and it's something that could easily be, like, forgotten but it's I think that it was good that they put that in there because it there is no matter how much people mean well and like her friends do um sometimes saying that things are going to be okay can be very dismissive to the moment and I think that it's really important that in Max in the current situation that she's in after losing Billy after you know being like knowing this could be her last day that she lives um you know she needs people to understand like her her struggles like her pain you know what I mean and just saying it's going to work out doesn't suffice for her and I think that it was good to kind of have her just say that because mm-hmm. um you know there's nothing I, I it would have I think it would have been unrealistic for her to like believe that things were going to work out for her you know because she's just yep. had a lot of things go wrong um yeah so I appreciated that line I thought it was very realistic to Max and I thought that it gave her just that agency to just be like, no, mm-hmm. stop. This is how I'm feeling. And even though she didn't have a lot of vulnerability, everything she was feeling kind of was put in that line. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought it was really effective, that line. Yeah. Um, and then she's <laughs> uh, the other line that I love that she says when she's like making her way out. She's like, Steve, if you think I'm going to spend what is likely the last day of my life in the armpit that is Mike Wheeler's basement, then you are yeah. out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. And she adds, either take me where I need to go or tie me down, which is technically kidnapping of a minor. And if I live to see another day, Steve, I will prosecute. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. She, yeah. um, I, I think in that moment, as much as she had been very like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, leave me alone, I'm fine. I just liked that that gave her a, a, a sense of agency and, and, and strength in that moment to kind of make choices. If this is my last day on earth. First of all, don't tell me it's all going to be okay. And second, we're doing do what, what I, I want to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I just thought it was good. 
you know, it was better than her just sitting there and like, you know, cowering in fear. She's going to be like, that's not who Max is. You know what I mean? So it was good. Um, yes. And yeah. so she goes home. And then Steve drives her home. Yes. And she uh, drops off some letters to her mom, her granny, her uncle and her dad. Mm-hmm. And then she goes around the back and she, she sees her mum hanging out washing and she goes around the back and has a conversation with her. Mm. Um, did this actually happen or was no. this all, this was all Vecna? Yeah. So okay. I find it interesting because I, I so I, I, I'm not entirely sure what they were going for here, but from the way I perceived it, I found it interesting because I feel like it's Max seeing her mum do something mundane and keeping the house together and you know even when she gives her a hug and she's like you know she calls her baby and it's very like soft and all of that it was fake comfort a fake yes. moment and it was it was probably something that max would have wanted to to have yeah and see she, she would have wanted a hug from her mum. she would have wanted comfort because she opened up to her and said what if i'm next and she had that moment and I, I found it quite heartbreaking because I'm like, she's seeing something that she probably wishes that she had, like a mum yeah. that's just putting up washing, doing the normal thing, yeah. who's there for her, you know, and instead it's fake. And yeah, yeah. so I, I don't, I remember when I, when I first watched that scene, cause I, you know, I've watched this episode three times now, but when I first watched that scene, I thought it was a bit odd. Like I remember thinking, I don't think that this is her mum because like, I was like, when has her mum ever been this comforting? Like, I, I don't recall if she has ever been like this. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting scene. It's quite sad. Um, mm. And, yeah. Max is obviously quite upset because, as you would be, if you thought you had, you know, limited time left on Earth. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, we she has this moment with her mum. Um, yeah, you, where she opens up to her, and then the the sky the the sun the, the sun disappears, and the mm. sky suddenly turns color, and it's cloudy and dark. And um, as soon as that scene changes, you just know that um, this is Max's in trance. Mm. And um, yeah, and then you just see um, oh, it's so creepy when like the camera pulls back a little bit. You don't actually see anything, but you just see the hands, mm. Vecna's hands on Max's hair. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, those long, like slimy hands. Uh, yeah, um, really long fingernails. Yeah, the fingernails. Um, and he won't let her go. She's like, "Let me go, mom." And Vecna is obviously Vecna, so he is like hanging on to her, and he is being threatening. Yes, and he says. Uh, you think some letters are going to make things right. You've broken everything. So he's yeah. he's pulling on her survivor's guilt, I think. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very complex uh, set of emotions that I think they're trying to explore here because, um, yeah, she has survivor's guilt. You know, she watched Billy die and even when she... Well, the next scene is them going to the graveyard and she hasn't opened up to them. And when she does sit down with Billy and starts sharing the letter, um, you know, she's apologising to him and saying how she's imagining what she could have done, you know. 
And I think it's a, um, it's a very moving, I cry every time I watch the letter as well. Um, that whole scene is just really beautifully done. And, you know, she goes from everything to like, um, talking about how, uh, since he left, everything's kind of fallen apart. And, um, you know, when grief, when, when you do lose someone in the family, like that happens, you know, the family can't, uh, sometimes the family just can't, um, uh, they, they go their separate ways, you know, they don't know how to deal. And, um, so she's, you know, talking to him about that and she's talking to him about, um, you know, how she tried to be normal. She couldn't do it. Uh, she tried to be yeah, happy. Tried she to couldn't be happy. do it. Yeah. Um, all of these things, uh, you know, that are kind of wrapped up in her grief. Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, and, and it's it's very moving when she makes mention of she's she imagines what she would have done differently. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those situations where she, she replays it, and we see it so many times in the season where she's replaying that same moment of watching him die, and she's probably thinking of all the things that she could have done to change that. Um, yeah, and then she apologises and, um, yeah, it's just a very moving, moving, moving moment. She, she actually makes mention of, I think a part of me died that day too. And, um, it's a, it's a heartbreaking scene. It's a very moving scene. And, you know, she also speaks about how she wishes that they could been, could have been, uh, could have had longer together and maybe could mm. have been a real brother and sister. Yeah, and it just goes to show the array of complex emotions that she's dealing with in this grief. Mm. Like it's like survivor's guilt. You hated me. I wish we could have had more. I wish I could have saved you. I wish I did things differently. Like she covers yeah. so many different things going on in her head, and yeah. it's the first real vulnerable moment that we have. And yeah. in the vo- first vulnerable moment that we have, she's talking to Billy, and I think it's it's just really well done. Yeah. Yeah, she ends the letter with, um, I haven't told anyone this, but I had to. I had to tell you before it was too late. Assuming you hear me, I very much hope that that's the case. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Billy. With love, your shitty little sister, Max. Yeah. Um, those last six line words, with love, your, si- your shitty little sister, that says a lot. Mm. You know, that really sums up, it sums up their relationship, but also sums up that there was love there and that... Yeah, you, you grieve something that you lost, but also something that could have been mm. and never yeah. was and never will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that that is a really touching thing. There is um, a scene just before that as well with Max and Lucas when Lucas. they hop out at, at, yeah. the, at the gravesite. And there's also another really nice scene here where Lucas is just basically saying, like, I don't want a letter from you. I just want you to, I just talk want you to, to be me. honest yeah. with me and I want you to talk to me. And obviously, like, this whole episode is, like, you know, basically anyone who's ever gone through anything, Mm -hmm. like, understands that. Like, when you're in that dark place, you can't – it's very hard to talk to friends, very hard to reach out to people. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's really – I I also really like that alongside Max's um, struggle, they – showed how much her friends were trying to reach her mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so she she talks to Billy at his gravesite and then the scene changes again. 
and her friends are watching her. And obviously at, at first they can't really tell what's going on mm. um, because Max goes into a trance in front of the gravesite. She hasn't actually moved or changed positions. So for a while, um, we're not sure how long, eventually Steve looks up and goes, it's been long enough. I'm coming mm. over to like, you know, to get her and we're getting out of here. Um, and that's the first time that he realizes that she's actually not there anymore. Mm. She is in a trance. Mm. And yeah, this was really like, I think we mentioned it in the last pod, but like this, this whole thing made me really scared for Max because like, yeah, yeah, it, it made me feel like she wasn't safe. Um, and obviously she runs into, um, Billy, Mm. Uh, she sees Billy in the graveyard, which kudos to Dacre, who filmed that over Zoom. Yeah. Um, oh, did he? Be- yeah, because uh, Australia's borders were closed. He filmed it in a studio, but in Australia, he was directed over Zoom by Sean. Oh, wow. And they filmed Amazing. it a year apart yeah. because they kept trying to get him over to the US, but um, mm. obviously our borders were closed for two years. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah, they wow. filmed that separately. Um, yeah, I was actually reading this cool interview with Sean Levy and they were basically saying, like, if, if, if fans look really, really closely, you can see that the eye level doesn't perfectly quite match up. And that is obviously mm. because they weren't filming in person, but um, it adds, like, an extra element onto the scene that it's a bit otherworldly. Like, it's a bit... Yeah. Billy's not really there. Like, it's not Billy um yeah but yeah no it works yeah. it actually yeah. works yeah for sure um yes so yeah so billy is um obviously saying like these really tough things um that obviously have an element of truth to them um you know like he's saying to max um you know there's a part of part of max buried somewhere deep that wanted him to die that day he's playing on that guilt as well that was maybe even relieved and happy. Uh, and Max is like, no, no. Like, she's, you know, very upset by this, of course. Um, and then, yeah, and then Billy makes mention of the fact that, um, you know, Max wanted to follow him, you know, in her deepest, darkest moments, um, wanted to follow him into death sometimes. And I thought that was really important to put in there as well because I feel like a lot of shows kind of like, you know, suicide's not a topic that anyone really wants to touch on too much. It's a really interesting conversation because obviously it's Vecna. It's not Billy, but it's it's really interesting choice of language and choice of words because it really plays on um, how Max is feeling and how yeah like how the 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 themes of ptsd and trauma and grief and loneliness um you know they all accumulate in um in the way max is feeling right now um and yeah obviously then she falls over and she's jolted out billy is gone and uh she's facing beckner and she realizes what's happening and she makes a run for it she's in a great she's still in the graveyard but um yeah i guess um the reason i think max is able to survive so long is i mean obviously because she understands more than what fred or chrissy did and she is in some in some place in some way she is aware that she's in this with 
Vecna, she's calling out to her friends, she's calling out to Lucas, to Dustin, to Steve. Um, yeah. And she's running. Uh, she's running away from him. Yeah. I think that you're, you're right in the sense of, like, that awareness of, like, what's actually going on probably, probably helped her, like, you know, as much as she was panicking and screaming out for everybody. Um, having that awareness, not like, you know, Chrissy and and Fred ran away too, yeah. but they weren't like, um, they weren't like, um, aware of what mm-hmm. was going on. They just kind of fell into the trance and let it take them. Um, whereas Max was more like, I've been preparing for this. Like this is what I've been waiting for all day and it's mm-hmm. here and I'm in it yeah. now. So yeah. There's definitely though, like there comes a point for both Chrissy and Fred though, where they can't go any further. Um, yeah. And that is interesting. I was trying to figure out why that was sort of directed that way. Whereas Max had, I don't know, maybe it was purely because she understood what was going on and it was just the setting that she was in mm. where it's like both Chrissy and Fred, um, like Chrissy, the, the door is boarded up and she can't go any further. And same with Fred. She yeah, he yeah, can't yeah. climb out or anything. Yeah. And so really, mm. really interesting. Um Anyway, so she continues running um, and she eventually um, stumbles into the the sky is now red and so we're somewhere else. I think we're still in the graveyard, but everything is now red and we saw, see like the city. So it's like mm-hmm. a, it almost looks like a fantasy or a fan, fantastical type city. Um it's like all the the spires and um you can see the house kind of floating yeah yeah yeah. so you've got that the krill house yeah. there um with the door and um yeah the the staircase and and all of that kind of in parts yeah. and you get the impression and Vecna's like how did you get here like somehow max found herself there mm-hmm. um so that's an interesting note to mm-hmm. make like just that max somehow got to a part of the place that other people she's didn't. not meant um, to yeah he obviously not didn't meant to be there see he didn't want no. to yeah um yeah. yes and obviously like yeah we see under her feet there's like all this the squelchy slimy <laughs> disgusting <laughs> bug things whatever Wet they are squelch. yeah she steps on i thought she stepped on um like eyeballs or something eyeballs but it looked yeah, like same. it was just um yeah. like a spider sack Spiders yeah. Or yeah and so the little yeah. black widows come out and um yeah and then she obviously looks up and um she can see that on the pillars are the bodies of fred and chrissy very Mm. um mangled being held up by tentacles Mm. and then we hear vecna behind her going what are you doing in here or something like that yeah and then he kind of ties her up to the yes another spire or whatever yeah. it is before she starts levitating uh i always called him gaten yeah dustin goes to the car gets in contact with the with with robin and nancy and let's just a side note when they're running and they're making yeah. a run for it at the at the penhurst and she kicks off her heels yeah she's like i'm just letting you know i'm not very coordinated <laughs> yeah she just kicks off yeah. her heels cinderella you've lost your shit yeah um as they're running and then Dustin gets in contact and you know luckily they have the information in the nick of time and look here's the deal 
yes, I understand that that was very convenient, but I don't it's, care it's a, because it's, scene was fucking it's, it's, perfect. It's a, it's a te- television trope. Who cares? Um, and also, and also, they were on a time limit and they knew it. So sometimes these things actually do yeah. line up. That they find out of the, the thing at the minute that you have to. So it's not that weird. But anyway. Yeah, and um, that, I mean, it all just adds to the sense of urgency that the viewer is feeling and we are feeling along with Max. We we are desperate along with her friends and, and Steve is screaming at Dustin to um yeah yes. to go radio the girls and find out what they've learned and dustin's trying desperately to contact them but and obviously they're not in the car yet um that was something that's like you know i mean yes the timing was very convenient mm-hmm. but it still does seem like there was a little time delay totally yeah like they they're they, getting in they've the car cut it like, dustin's like yeah. on top of the car yeah. yeah it's not like they were just happened to be in the car and answered you know they they had to, they got there late and dustin's like bloody you know you, know, you didn't say bloody hell but he was like finally yeah um, yeah but yeah, and uh, they obviously give him the information. He grabs the uh, Walkman and gets over to them. And uh, and he's like racing. Like there is like, yeah, there's not a second to lose. Um, no. And he... Dustin's sprinting. Yeah. And Lucas would know her favorite song. Um, and Yeah, but there's yeah. like this like really like, you know, um, stressful like 30 seconds oh. where Max is still like... Uh, in the trance, and they're all like trying to flick through all the tapes. Like, well, what's her favorite song? What's her favorite? Yeah, and, she's and getting Lucas is like, why, why, why? And, yeah, yeah. And then Dustin's like, I don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, now is not the time. Just put it. Yeah. Put the song on. Um. Yeah. So while she's being choked and like held up and whatever, um, uh, they're in like the, trying in to the find trance. Like they've they've put on the headphones and running up that hill starts playing Kate Bush and she starts. Well, he's talking to her and he's like, you belong here with me. They can't help you, yada, yada. You, there's a reason you run from, you, you know, you, you don't speak to them or you, you don't run for them or whatever. And, um, you know, she sees them uh, when they put on, when they put on the song, she sees them. Uh, yes, it opens up a little. In, um, in like a portal. Yeah. type thing. Yeah. And it's a really interesting like it, i what i loved about it is that she could see herself mm. um not just her friends like i i like obviously that's very important too like seeing what her friends are doing for her but mm-hmm. she could see herself yeah and it was almost like she 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 had a bird like not a bird's eye view but like a, a view of herself in that moment mm. and what she was facing in that moment um yeah and maybe that's like literally how far she had traveled into the into the graveyard or the upside down or whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's a I I I would love to know the more. Yeah, like yeah. the the like what they were really going for across the board. But yeah, um, yeah, and then she starts levitating. I got to tell you, when she started levitating, my heart was racing. I was like scared as shit. In my head was in my head. I was like, how how are they going to get her out of this? Like, this yeah. is not going to like end well for her because because they've showed like with fred and chrissy like as soon as they levitated that was it like, yeah it was it, was, that it, was over, it does it, it feels like the levitating is the death sentence because it doesn't take long after that so where mm. max getting to that point is horrifying but max yeah. fought it you know was fighting it so it wasn't happening as quickly yeah. um and and she says like you're not real yeah yeah so um, she's she's actively fighting it in her mind yeah 
and then with the music's help it's uh it's obviously like cognitively somehow in her brain she's mm-hmm. able to push past this facade of what's yeah. going on um yeah and i just think you know when she's levitating and the music's playing i mean excellent choice of song obviously i mean kate bush is like top of the charts everywhere now which is fantastic mm. um but obviously yeah choice of song first of all um many meanings but you know deal with god switch our places you know very like uh her wanting to switch places with billy um and not even like in the sense of like switching places i wish i like it's not it's it's not even like oh i want to be dead it's it's i maybe i deserve to be the one that died you know what i mean um the survivor's guilt that she feels Mm -hmm. so many things as well as like you know running up that hill being reminiscent of like her trying to but you know essentially run up a hill um with yeah. her you know this is her trauma her grief all of this is her her mountain you know mm-hmm. um her her if she you know because they do touch on suicide obviously so like you know just that 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 fear that she has and that that suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. that she has all of it um great choice of song and when she's levitating i think what i really loved about this scene um when she's levitating the song's playing and she's seeing her friends and she's seeing Elle and she's seeing Lucas Mm. and she's having these moments I think what I really loved is that like you know going back to what was happening before where she was saying don't tell me everything's gonna be okay is that sometimes those words, they're not the thing that can help people. Like what helps people is like the active support that they know that they have. And I think in that moment, she remembered them because as much as she can push everyone away, she knows deep down that they love her. She knows. So Mm -hmm. when she's having those moments and she's thinking of them, she's actively drawing on that support that she has and she's realizing that they're there for her. Like she's allowing herself to be... Yeah, she's allowing herself to re- like kind of receive their care and their love in that moment. And I just thought it was really well done because like in the midst of that trauma and that grief that she's feeling and that isolation that she had, it is so fitting that the thing that set her free um you know, yes, a lot of it was her was her, you know, will to live and all of that, but it also was just knowing for a fact that she wasn't alone Mm -hmm. and that people were there for her and um yeah yeah, it was just it was just a beautifully constructed scene and um Mm. very emotional and like I said I I bawl my eyes out every single time I watch it I just love it I think it's so well done yeah but yeah yeah definitely it's um and I think, yeah, that's why I really like that they show, like, her friend's perspective, like, mm. in that moment. Because you can just see, like, how desperately they are trying to bring Max back. And they can't. Um, because, obviously, like, you know, we understand what Vecna does to his victims. Like, it's nothing that they can do. But when she, on the inside, when that little 
hole in the upside down opens up and she can hear the song and she's thinking of her happiest memories and she sees her friends she sees what's happening mm-hmm. um, and and that realization comes and and obviously like the song is kind of like the little you know like the little tool I guess in that moment to yeah. open it up but like yeah it's all max and I think that's what I loved like you know um because I I read something like oh someone wrote like oh like you know in episode four we've already found out what like gets people gets, gets rid of Beckner kind of thing but it's not just the song like Mm. it's also max yeah like drawing on those memories and and seeing that support and and that that run to the to for her like that that is really like just her like just yeah it's a you know gunning for it it's a it's a it's a number of things and like i really loved after the episode seeing how much this touched people you know across the board because you know um uh you know i think depending on whatever it is that you know is the lowest point of your life that's what you can kind of compare this to you know what i mean Mm. and um i read so many things on reddit or twitter or like you know just things that people have shared about how it reminded them of being in that place and 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 um you know and and knowing that like that they had to Mm. live you know what i mean or knowing that they had to reach out. Like there's, there's a lot of um, beautiful stories that have come out of that. And I'm really grateful that Stranger Things did this because it would have been very easy to go for the shock value and just kill her. And instead what they've done is create this scene that people, that is so emotionally resonant and means a lot to a lot of people. And I remember you saying to me after it, cause like, you know, um, uh, uh, grief is, is something that I'm pretty familiar with. So my brain immediately goes to grief in these moments. And like, you know, I, I see it for what it is, like her experience with grief. So that's what uh, kind of goes straight in my mind. But like, you know, when you were talking to me about it and when I was reading other people's experiences, I'm like, yeah, like this is so resonant for, for people, anyone who's gone through something that is like it can where they feel trapped yeah Yeah. it can really fit so many different things you know Mm. and like um depression and um anxiety and uh suicidal thoughts um uh, ptsd so many different things like even if you're like dealing with uh health issues uh like cancer whatever it is like there's so many different things yeah that, that you can, can take from take that. from yeah. this scene and it is so important that it exists and i think yeah. i think it's really important to remember that anyone who is like oh plot armor it's a cop out there are things that are more important than that like you know and and yeah. i and you have to think that if she had died in that moment it would have been far less impactful long term definitely um, yeah so i'm really grateful that she yeah. survived that and that she yeah. ran through it and that she came out like alive because mm-hmm. the message that sends is is uh far more powerful than anything else they could have done. exactly yeah. and that's 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 i 100 percent agree with you because i have seen like you know some sort of, like i saw like a few people have kind of missed the point a little bit mm. um the point is not that the point is not that she didn't die the point is that she lived like that tiny little perspective change 
and it's and it's yeah it's it's you know it's at its very core it's a discussion on ptsd and mental health and trauma and grief like all of those things where people yeah are so isolated and are trying to get through the darkest time of their lives where yeah it would be more comforting to follow your loved one through to the other side but just that moment where yeah she hears the song and she remembers the little lifeline like the lifeline of her friends and her memories Mm. but it's still all max where she is the one that runs and she runs for her goddamn life and that scene i timed it it's like 55 seconds yeah where she's she's running from start to that cut Mm -hmm. and it's that every single second was like completely necessary and needed um, and and you know and extremely touching and and it, and the reason like even just the smart storytelling of like building it up where like every episode max is so like i'm fine i didn't show up yesterday i don't care you've got this impression that max is really drawn back yeah but deep down max max cares about being here you know what i mean and it's like it's that's the first moment that you really see that max is like I, uh, yeah, I want to live. And, I want to be here. I want to be yeah. here, you know. Yeah. And there's, you know, and also, but maybe even in that moment, it could have been a moment for her to realise that, you know, what happened to Billy happened to Billy, you know, and, and she couldn't have done things differently. And that's really, it's a hard, it's hard to come to terms with that, you know. Mm. When, when when you lose someone young or like when you, when someone dies young, it's very, very hard to think about all the things that you could have done differently because yep. when people die of like, because they had a lot, whole life age, ahead of them. Yeah. When people die of like sickness or old age or whatever, like a lot of that is out of your hands. Um, or like, you know, whatever, but like the amount of times that I've heard stories of people that were like, if I just didn't get them to go out for milk, they wouldn't have had a car accident if I mm. just reached out, if I just talked to them here, if I yep. just saw them more, if I just said this here. You know, there is a real uh, a guilt that comes with that. And, like, for Max, it's replaying that thought of, like, I just stood there and I froze. Mm. And, and that's essentially what it boils down to, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just really interesting that, that, that I just stood there and froze isn't what she did at the end. It's like she made a choice. Mm. She ran. Oh, you know? yeah, really. And and it's like I just think that she – it was a – like they, they set it up, they teed it up, and they just knocked it out the park in that scene. Yep. And the amount of – like I said, I, I get so moved by seeing that this affects a big range of people mm. depending on what they've gone through, you know. And um, – yeah, like I've seen a lot of people talk about their grief, you know, and, and like I said, that's obviously the most easily, like the one that's right in front of you because that's what Max is facing. But like the layers, it's like endless. You can literally compare it to so many different things and people can draw something from it. Yeah. Um, and when you've done that as a storyteller, you should be really proud of yourself. Like you should. Definitely. And they should be very proud of themselves. Yep. I know I said this in the last... <laughs> I keep saying it, but it's because I'm proud that they have uh, done this, you know, and as much as we can nitpick about little things and whatever, and, and some people do. Like, I even seen people saying that, you know, this season 
uh, it, you know, it's not very good or whatever. And and there's parts of me where I'm like, I, I, I'm cool with a subjective opinion. Like people can have whatever opinion they want. But realistically, when I look at like a scene like this and when you're impacting this many people and you've told a story that impacts this many people at the midpoint of your story, it's a pretty damn good story, you know? Yeah, and and I, I got to say like, yeah, it, they, yeah. They, they should be very happy. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, just to go back into that a little bit. I just wanted to highlight what you um, said just then about how um, you made a, a note that Max didn't, you know um which kind of like points to um yeah what she's feeling with billy and what happened in Mm. season three when billy died um she was frozen and you would be you'd be just frozen in horror and that um that survivor's guilt with that feeling Mm. um is what they explored but and then when you also think about how the fact that when you look at Fred and Chrissy's death, there is this moment where Vecna grabs them and they do freeze. Mm. They don't have the same opportunity to escape that. And so it's all of these, yeah, it's like you said before, like all of these little layers of mm. meaning as well. Even in just that one little scene where Vecna grabs her and she is frozen. Yeah. Um, but she's still able to um, realise it, the facade of it. Yeah. And she, she remembers. it, you know. And then she just runs and yeah the run um that run just the way that can we just talk about how sadie oh. just acted the absolute fuck out of that yeah, like, right. the like absolute fuck <laughs> yeah sorry that was very australian of me but um yeah i i've only watched it once before my rewatch tonight hmm. and um yeah i was i think i yeah i was more emotional on my second viewing because like i understood what it meant Mm. the second time and it um yeah it's just it's just yeah like i said at the start it's just one of those magic pieces of television where it's like everyone's just talking about it yeah like it's just so touching everything that it means and everything that it stands for it's just yeah it's just you like i said you always have those little bits of television that you remember and you keep with you for a really long time and it comes back to what you were saying before about how it's impacted so many people Mm -hmm. um and yeah, obviously the song was the lifeline and we all have that, you know, we all have music that um, you listen to and it transports you back to a place or it gives you hope or it gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the power of music is so healing. Um, but it was, I think that what I really took from that is that the music was just a tool mm-hmm. and obviously Max did all the work. Uh, I just thought it was amazing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I and I, then yeah, I'm yeah, just so sorry. sorry. I'm just I'm just really grateful. I'm just really grateful it exists, and um, yeah, and you know, and that we can still talk about it a couple of weeks later, and and still have these impassioned uh, thoughts about it. You yeah, know I mean? hasn't really yeah. worn off. You know, yeah. Um, and I can imagine me watching that in years' time and and crying again. You know what I mean? It's it's uh yeah sadie sadie yeah that run uh sadie really you know there's a desperation in her face to get there you know Mm. and like i heard some people some people were like oh i think when she started to run i knew she was gonna make it 
Um, I oh, yeah. I was yeah. I wasn't I didn't think yeah it, it would have been ultra cool if yeah I just <laughs> had a house knock it down I just didn't because I was crying bawling my eyes out and I'm going if if she, like she's gonna make it because yeah you don't do something that like triumphant and fulfilling and like emotionally moving if they were to cut it off there it would have just been like what what message are you trying to send you know what i mean and like yes i understand it's like you know stranger things pulls into the horror and not everything has a happy ending but that's that's despite the point here like Mm. when you make a story you want to move people right you don't cut off moving people for shock value you you move people if you can yeah. do it, you do it, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm grateful that they didn't go for shock value because we know a lot of yeah. series out there that did things for shock value, <laughs> train of bones, uh, and, you know... And- Trillings, Trilling Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, you know, I... And, I'm, and I love that, you know, we talked about it afterwards, you know, and, and that we could have a really great conversation. I sent you a voice clip crying, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember if I sent it to you. Mm, but I, yeah. I, I, it's just, I love when TV does that. I love yeah. when stories do that. And um, story, yeah. story in general is the most powerful medium there mm-hmm. is. Like, I know you've spoken about this, but yeah, the way that it just transcends. Yes individual experience and just makes everyone able to relate to it that's when you know you've done it well yeah Um, we had a slight uh, personal discussion which we're going to cut out of the pod um but it all stems from this great episode and yes yes, the the wonderful ending that was and so the last thing we haven't talked about is obviously max is running and the screen like cuts to black and you just there's this two-second hang where the viewer, where we are like, did Max make it or not? Yes. And then thank God that wasn't a new episode. That was oh, the same episode. God, two seconds imagine. later, she came back yeah. on. She dropped. She fell into her, the, the arms of her friends Did you grabbed did her you get, and they love her. Did you get really emotional? I also got really emotional with the, the song, her running, but then also hearing them screaming Max, like in the background. Yeah. Like I loved yeah. that. It was such a nice touch to kind of have them like desperately screaming out yeah. for Max. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, opens uh, her eyes, drops. And uh, I'm glad she didn't break any bones with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. that You had to suspend a little bit of display with that one. <laughs> I was like, don't break your legs. Surely you would have lost some don't, ankle bones there. Don't but break anyway. your legs, your knees. Pretty high up. Take care of the ACL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but then again, she is young and young people are more bendy than Oh, us yeah. They, they get a bruise where I would, like, you know, lose a hip Be joint. Be out of action <laughs> for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Max drops like a stone. Yeah. And Lucas catches her. And they're all absolutely beside themselves with relief. Mm. And um, they're so happy that they've got her back. And Lucas says, I've got you. Mm-hmm. And Max says, I'm still here. Yeah. She says, I'm still here. She says it twice. And that is, you know, you can tell she's really like, it, it's the double layer of meaning as well. Mm-hmm. Like she's, she's amazed that she herself is still here, but it's also the second layer is that, of course, she is still here. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, almost like a so to herself. She has to tell herself that she did it, you know. Fuck. So good. Very touching. And 
Yes. Yeah. No. Great line. Um. Yeah. Just great line. Perfect line. Perfect like, line. Yeah. There's nothing else that she could have said that would be more impactful than. I agree. I'm still here. I agree. I I think that I I I can imagine they spent a lot of time uh, yeah. writing this scene, directing this scene. Um, yeah. And every minute was worth it. And I'm sure it took a long time, but every minute, every bit of it was worth yeah, it. Yeah, every um, second. Like, what is it? One hour, 17 minutes. Yeah. But not one second is wasted. Yeah. It just feels like I'm, I, yeah. We, we have something now that, you know, we can always go to, to be like, you know, uh, uh, and give you that um, renewed sense of of mm. life. You know, when you're feeling yeah. like you're in a dark place or whatever. Like it's it's a it's just. I'm always I'm always just very. I'm always just very grateful. I mean, and there's not a lot. Are there a lot like there is media that exists. You know, that specifically touches on these topics. But to do like I always get, and we we talk about this a lot of the time. But like. I get really moved by by horror um, and like you know the way horror uses these stories to kind of touch on mental health and like you know um, and and PTSD or grief or whatever it may be and um, I I just you know it's like we talk about Hill House and Bly Manor which is so heavily um, focused on on things like grief and and PTSD and and depression and and they're just like yeah. beautiful and works they just of art yeah in themselves. yeah because they 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 do things that are visually horrifying but they represent something that is that is very horrifying that you can't see and that is real mm-hmm. in your life um and it's really gotten me to appreciate the genre. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I, I mean, I know that Stranger Things is technically sci-fi and and all of that, but it, but it has those horror elements and those, you know, uh, especially this season. And what I love as well is that this kind of episode wouldn't have existed in like season one. You know, it's it's mm. only a, it's it can point. only be here when they're older and when they've gone through these things and when yeah. we've reached this point. And um. Yeah, and it's almost like, because I know we've kind of talked about, like, seasons two and three. Mm. And I think for me, like, I didn't love season three as much because, like, I felt like, you know, that I was suspending belief a lot for Mm. a lot of it. Like, the Russian storyline in season three. Yeah. And I I felt like, and the Duffer brothers have even said that. They they got a bit swept up in um, the phenomenon of Stranger Things. Yeah. And that series four is them sort of returning to form. Right, yeah. But even when you look at season three, like, we, like, this this built up as a stepping stone to season four. Mm. And, like, we needed to have all of those moments in season three to get us to season four. Yeah. And And we needed that with Billy. And, yeah. I almost don't mind, and, like, here's my little thought about season three. Is that like you know, uh, if if you were to look at season three as like a complete story, you could see the flaws. But if you were mm. to look at season three as part of the bigger picture, mm-hmm. it fits right because mm. stories have to have their peaks and 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 dips. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the thing about season three was that it was very like summer and fun and goofy. Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. and and there are and and like. 
I when I did a rewatch, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I was actually like I had I had done a lot of work and I needed a mental break. Um, yeah. and I remember, yeah, I actually watched it. I had come home from. I remember the first few episodes that I watched. I came home from like a really busy week at work, and it was like a Friday night. And I turned on like episode one at like something like 10 p.m. And I was so relieved that it was so like just colorful and felt quite mm. like, you know what I mean? Um, so I actually really enjoyed season three for what it was. But I think I've always, yeah, I've never looked at season three as like its own packaged story. I've seen yeah. it as part of the part of the story. And I think when season five comes out, you know, if you think about like, the way stories work with like, you know, if you, I mean, obviously there's different act structures, but if it is like act one, act two, act three, it would make sense that, that at some point in these acts, you would have a moment that, that was fun and games and, and, you know, like it, it may, you know what I mean? So mm. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't, I don't really have too much issue with um, season three. The only thing in stranger things that I have an issue with, was the eleven storyline in season two? That was the only thing I could be like oh, ge- genuinely yeah. didn't like the cold it. Felt open. like a backdoor yeah. pilot. I didn't. I think vibe. that's universally. Yeah, hated. but that's the only thing I didn't like. Everything yeah. else they've done, you know, Russia plot is a bit, eh, but I'm fine with it. I'm pretty yeah. much enjoy like because they do it with care. You know what I mean? So yeah, and yeah. I think the characters are also lovable. Like absolutely, my. I feel like that that's a big reason why I love or hate a show, mm. like whether I love the characters or not. Mm. And I think with Strange, like even um, in our last pod, when I was trying to think of like my favorite characters, I literally have like all of them in my favorite yeah. character, except for like, you know, a few like that are just, you know, God tier for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really uh, protective and fond of all of them. And that is, I mean, it's obviously great talent and great casting decisions, but great acting like great stories for them as well so a plus stuff bros <laughs> a plus and obviously it's not even complete yet we've still got two more episodes yeah four hours of screen time still to go yeah yeah but i think i think i mean i mean we'll cover obviously um episodes five and six and oh seven. shit yeah, yeah. um <laughs> we've still got more to talk yeah about but like i mean if you're still listening to us, uh, you know, I know yeah. that we're just kind of rambling on. This is what Alyssa and I do. We have been friends for like 18 years. So we talk all the time and we just, and it, yeah. yeah, we just kind of, we start, yeah, it just, it, it becomes like a bit um, existential. Yes. With our discussion. Exactly. But thank you for listening. Yes. Um, thank you. And is there anything else you wanted to add, Franz? Anything else you wanted to mention about this episode? Um, no, I think we. I think I said everything I wanted to say. What about you? Do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, I think I've said everything I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Um, I think ultimately, just happy that it exists, and um, yeah, you know, we wanted to do one pod to kind of celebrate this episode because we thought yeah. that it was worth it, and um, yeah, yeah. But we'll be back next week with yeah. uh, episode five and six, and then seven, uh, and yeah. we will have them all uploaded. Uh, we'll have the we'll have uh, well you're if you're listening now we've already got these two uploaded yeah, um, yeah. but five and six and seven should be uploaded uh, next week so we will have those ready to go or this coming week um, yep. 
and we will have it all up before volume two which we will also be covering yeah. and we are very excited July to the about. first yeah. yes i think um i think i'm gonna try my hardest francis mm-hmm. i'm gonna try my hardest to watch one <gasps> and then record oh are you gonna do the same i can try but i don't know if i'll be able to <laughs> We can like. I don't know. I have to think about it. How about, I just. I really yeah. like it when you and I don't know the end of something. I know. Oh god. And, it, and I just know that it's going to be such high stakes. But then everyone else will know the end. Yeah, of it, I'm so. afraid I'll get spoiled. That's my only thing. Like I can. Yeah, do it. true. I can and we're not going to be able to record it. Yeah. We're not going to be able to record it fast enough to avoid spoilers. So. Yeah, I'm. I almost feel like I can do it from like pure willpower. Yes. But can I do it if I saw spoilers? I would lose my mind. Like, I saw yeah. spoilers. And, like, it's not just spoilers. It's, like, the end of a season yes. spoilers. Like, it's not just an episode. It's, yeah. All right. No, never mind. We won't do that. All right. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, well thank you. Yes. Sorry for that quick little chat about the pod. Uh, yes, thank you for your time. Thank you for sticking around with us for a while. Yeah, thanks for sticking around. And, um... Feel free to email us at houseofvecna at gmail.com or send us something at House of Vecna on Twitter. Uh, we are now there. We have just created the account. So, yeah. And thanks, everyone. Bye. All right. Bye. See ya. Catch you later.